welcome to another Meathead Monday edition of the Heavy Lifting with Robbie Lula podcast. I, as always, appreciate your time and uh, you deciding to join me here today. And the topic of today's show is usually not a terribly popular one with meatheads. It's probably second in that category, only behind cardio, and that is diet. And when I say diet, I don't necessarily mean going on a diet in the traditional sense. I just mean the food and calories and uh, just everything that you're consuming, right? That's what I mean when I say diet. So let's get that out of the way first. But we are going to talk about diet and diets in the traditional sense today on Meathead Monday. Because, as I'm sure you've heard, you can't outwork a bad diet. That's a very popular saying in meathead circles to remind all of us meatheads that you need to do as much work in the kitchen as you do in the weight room. And that is true. So we're going to get to what I believe works, what I believe doesn't work, and more importantly, some of the principles you can take with you in order to try and be successful in your own diet and nutrition uh, areas of your life. Now, I do want to give a disclaimer. I am not a certified nutritionist. I have been a certified personal trainer in the past, although uh, because <laughs> I don't actively practice, I don't, uh, I don't keep up on my certifications, but that is training that I've gone through. And... Uh, so I just want, it, want you to be aware, uh, I am incredibly well read on most subjects regarding uh, both training and nutrition, uh, so take that for what you will, just wanted to be upfront about that. Uh, I, I just have a lot of principles and just general advice about nutrition that I feel like not everybody knows uh, that I, and that I want to share with you. So we're going to get to all of that uh in today's show but first let's take a quick break and hear from our friends at fruitful design thank you to fruitful design for supporting the heavy lifting with ravi lula podcast fruitful design helps businesses and nonprofits be well fruitful with top shelf design and strategy whether you need a logo website or anything else to promote your business which i needed all of fruitful design can help you grow they helped me set up my website for heavy lifting with Robbie Lula and were quick, friendly, and professional. Check Fruitful out online at www.fruitful.design. Once again, that's www.fruitful.design. All right, so let's get into it. And let me just start with this. Uh, I really took it on the chin in terms of my college football picks this week. And uh, I went one and three and... Uh, obviously, that's not a good record. You're not going to make money that way. And you're probably asking yourself, what does that have to do with <clears throat> diet and nutrition? And that's a, that's a fair question. But here's, here's the thing. I have certain rules that I like to follow and that I preach when it comes to gambling. The problem is, a lot of times, I don't follow those rules. For whatever reason, I let my heart get in the way of my head. I just want to have fun and put down some money on a parlay. But when I do those things, I'm often not successful. Well, the same is often true about diet and nutrition, not just in my life, but I know in other people's lives as well. For instance, 
I know that I shouldn't have eaten only seven hot dogs, a bag of sunflower chips, and a couple cookies today, which is what I ate, but it happens sometimes, right? So I want to lay out these principles for you and some things that I believe work, but also understand that nobody's perfect. Nobody sticks to a nutrition plan all of the time. What you need to do is just try your best and try and stick to it as much as possible. And usually if you do that and you stick to it, you know, more often than not, some people call it the 80-20 rule. If you're able to stick to it 80% of the time and only deviate 20%, then in the long term, you'll be successful. And for the most part, I think that's true. So that's just a little, I guess, disclaimer before we get into this, that not everybody is perfect about their diet and nutrition all the time, right? The other thing I want to address before we get into specifics about diet and nutrition is most people, when they think of diets, they're thinking about losing weight, right? And that's mostly what I'll be addressing here. But uh, it's also very important to realize that nutrition and diet also has a lot to do with performance. If you're a high performance athlete or you're trying to be a high performance athlete or if you just want to get better results out of the gym, there's certain things you can do with your diet and nutrition that will facilitate that in a way that your normal diet and nutrition routines won't. So I'll get into that some, but mostly here today, I'm talking about losing weight, people that are trying to drop weight. And when you talk about that, you try and figure out, okay, well, what's a good weight for me? What's a healthy weight for me? And again, I'm not a doctor, I'm not a nutritionist, but unfortunately, most of the time when you go to a doctor, what they tell you is a healthy weight for you is also wrong because a lot of them still go by this outdated and archaic BMI body mass index system, right? And that's just not a good indication of what's a healthy weight for people because it doesn't take into account muscle mass, especially for us meatheads. Those BMI ind indexes are terrible indications and it doesn't uh, take into account frame or anything like that. But muscle mass is the biggest issue with those BMI charts. For instance, right now, I at five foot nine, I weigh about 245 pounds. Now, that's too heavy for me, right? I'm carrying too much weight right now. But if I get below 230 pounds, I'm at a weight that is considered a healthy body fat percentage for me for males, right? So it's still, but that weight, so at about 230 or below, 225 to 230, that weight is still 60 to 70 pounds higher than what the body mass index chart leads you to believe is a healthy weight for a five foot nine male of my age and, you know, early thirties. So that's just a, I mean, if you're a guy that lifts those body mass index charts will most likely lead you to believe that you are morbidly obese, even if you're not. Okay. Now you might be morbidly obese and, and you need to address that, but that is not a good indicator of what's a good weight for you, okay? Just from like a quick Google search, most medical websites will tell you that for men, a healthy body weight is anything with a body fat percentage under about 23%, okay? Now, you're not going to be shredded at that weight, obviously, but usually you don't get the health-related effects of uh, health related side effects of being overweight if you're below 23 ish percent body fat. 
And now that number is different for women, and I don't have that number right off the top of my head here, uh, but typically it's a little bit higher for women. I think it's 25 to 26% because of just the way their bodies are designed. They tend to carry a little bit more body fat naturally, and that's still healthy for them. And so that's usually what I go by is body fat percentage rather than body mass index because that takes into account your muscle mass. Now, obviously, you've still got things like cholesterol, blood pressure, heart rate, things like that that will indicate whether or not you're actually healthy. I'm not a doctor. I'm not getting into those specifics today. But this is just to say when you go and you're sitting in that doctor's office and you're staring at the chart on the wall that's got you in the deep red, almost purple of the body of the BMI chart saying that you're morbidly obese, don't get discouraged because that's probably not accurate unless you're just the most average of average people, average build, average muscle mass index, average everything. That's not going to be an an accurate representation of how much you should weigh. So keep that in mind. Now, first thing I want to address and really the main thing I want to address is fad diets, okay? So whether you're talking about keto, uh, paleo, talking about gluten-free, talking about uh, if it fits your macros, any of those diets that get popular, whether you, you know, if you're like me and you follow a lot of fitness people on Instagram, you probably see a lot of these different diets or nutrition plans being touted, right? And... Listen, I'm not saying they don't work because some of them do. And my bigger issue is the sustainability of some of these plans, right? And the other part is I want to address keto first because not only is that for most people not a sustainable lifestyle, but most people are not actually going into ketogenesis when they're on a quote-unquote keto diet, okay? For instance, an actual keto diet is incredibly high in fat and very low in everything else, including protein. Now, a, a real medical keto diet is usually between 70 and 80% of your calories coming from fat, which means you're getting you know, 15-ish percent from protein and the rest from carbs. You're on very, very few calories that are not fat-based. And that's the only way your body can stay in ketosis, which basically just means, if you don't know, ketosis is just that your body is using fat as its primary energy source rather than carbs or sugar. Now, the reason that it has to be that high of a fat percentage is because protein eventually breaks down into sugar. And so your body will still use that as as fuel, as energy, rather than switching over to a fat-based energy model, right? So if you have too much protein in your diet, then you still can't go into ketosis. And if you don't have enough fat in your diet, then you can't obviously can't go into ketosis because there's nothing for your body to burn. And so all I've seen I've seen medical professionals, this happened to my brother, okay? I've seen medical professionals Try and give him a quote-unquote keto plan that was incredibly low in fat, incredibly low in protein, and really just incredibly low in calories in general. They had him on under 900 calories a day, and basically it was just a starvation diet. And 
th these were medical professionals at licensed medical professionals. All right. And I'm not going to throw anybody names out there or anybody under the bus, but because, you know, people have livings to make and everything like that, but it's absurd and borderline. <laughs> I mean, it's borderline criminal to try and convince someone trying to lose weight that they need to be on under a thousand calories a day. For reference, 1,200 is generally what's considered the starvation point for men, where your body will go into starvation mode and just start eating everything in itself to stay alive. It's not going to burn any of the thing you give it because it doesn't think you're going to feed it again, which means you're burning muscle. It means you're damaging your organs at a certain point. Now, he wasn't on it long enough in order for it to do that, but if you're on a diet like that for too long, your body won't go into ketosis, it'll go into ketoacidosis, where it's just eating your muscles and your organs. That's not healthy. That's what happens to diabetics like myself when their blood sugars get too high. That's an incredibly unhealthy state. That is the state right before death if you're a diabetic. Okay, so if you're on a starvation diet for too long, that is something that can happen to you without diabetes. That's very, very bad. Okay, and this was being pawned off to him as a keto diet. It wasn't, okay? The only real use for a keto diet for people that, or for people that uh, medically need it, and, and that's usually people with epilepsy. It's found sometimes that people with epilepsy can control or, or manage their seizures a little bit better uh, on a keto diet. For whatever reason, the carbs and, and fat interact in their brains differently, and the keto diet seems to help sometimes. That's really the only valid reason to ever be on a true keto diet. What most people are on is just a low-carb diet. And that's fine if that's something that works for you. What I can, But it's not really keto. What concerns me about those low-carb diets is the sustainability of it. Because are you really going to live your life on fewer than, say, 50 grams of carb per day for the rest of your life? Probably not. Okay? So that's... My second issue with some of these things, and particularly quote-unquote keto or low-carb diets, um, which again are not the same thing. I'm using them interchangeably here because in common phrasing, a lot of people use those interchangeably. What most people consider a keto diet is really just the new term people are using for the Atkins diets that were popular 15, 20 years ago, okay? But on those low-carb diets, those Atkins slash keto diets... The sustainability of that is really hard to figure out because most people aren't willing to never eat carbs again or never eat a large amount of carbs ever again, right? And so that's a tough way to live. Um, some of the other things that are, or some of the other diet fads that are, you know, tough to follow, um, you know, paleo is a pretty restrictive diet. And that's, I'm not as familiar with that. I've never tried that. I just know, you know, obviously there's certain you're just eliminating whole food groups, right? Giant food groups, whether it's grains or dairy or certain kinds of meat. Um, that's that's a tough way to live. And maybe you are able to do that and, that and it works for you and that's awesome, right? But most people can't live that way. Uh, other people will claim that if you go gluten-free, you'll lose all the weight you need. Don't have to worry about counting or tracking anything. Go gluten-free, go dairy-free, cut out... Uh, sugar, cut out refined sugar, go whole 30, you know, most of those are a pretty hard way to live for the rest of your life. Yeah, you can go whole 30 for 30 days. Can you do it for 30 years? 
that's where it gets tricky, right? You want something that's sustainable and that you can live with. And when you're just cutting out giant food groups like that, that's a really difficult way to live your life. And that's one of my biggest concerns with these fad diets. A, they're misrepresented like the keto diet, right? That's just... Most people who are claiming a keto diet, is it's utter nonsense. It's a low-carb, high-protein, high-fat diet, which is fine. Again, that works for some people, but it's hard to sustain, and it's not keto. So keep that in mind. On some of these other ones, whether it's paleo, whether it's no gluten, no soy, no dairy, no sugar, they're just hard to maintain for normal people living a normal life. Now, if you're like a high-performance athlete and you get paid for the what your body's able to do on a field or on a court or on a track or wherever, sure, yeah, you might be able to restrict yourself in that way because that's how you make money. That makes sense, right? That's your livelihood. So you're, you're willing and able to be more strict and rigid and severe about it. I get that. But for most everyday people, that's not a real option, okay? And... But people are led to believe, whether it's by commercials or Instagram profiles or unfortunately, in my brother's case, even medical professionals, that's not a real way to get healthy and lose weight and be a more optimal version of yourself. And so what I'm going to lay out for you are some of the principles I believe in, in order to help you be healthy, to lose some weight still, and to be able to sustain a healthier eating style, a healthier relationship with food so that you don't have to keep to such a rigid plan and then you fail and then you, you know, you're shame, you're shameful that you put the weight back on because you failed the plan. It's a vicious cycle that most, most of a lot of people in the fitness industry just profit off of because they know you're going to pay for another plan. You're going to pay for more diet bars or diet pills or diet drinks or whatever. And it's a really sad thing that I see happen to people. So uh, I'm going to take a quick break here and then we're going to talk about some of the principles I believe in that can lead you to a healthier lifestyle. Hey everybody, I wanted to tell you about my friend Janae at Creative Hair Design. She is simply the best in the business. Whether you need men's haircut and beard trim like I get once every three weeks, or if you need women's cut, hair color, or extensions, Janae will take care of you. I went in and got my haircut and beard trimmed literally the day before my wedding, and Janae had me looking my very best for my big day. And she'll do the same for you. Give Janae a call at Creative Hair Design at 402-330-5660 to schedule an appointment. Again, that's Janae at Creative Hair Design, 402-330-5660. I promise you will not regret it. All right, welcome back, and let's get into some of the things that I think you should try and focus on if you're trying to be a little bit healthier, maybe lose a little bit of weight, and... uh, get into just a little bit better shape most most of you most people have lives you know they they go out with friends or their wife or their significant other or they go out with the with their buddies for beers and watch the game and they you know or they go to birthday parties or they go to the movies and they want popcorn you know most people have normal lives they have things where 
it really <laughs> it's a real bummer to have to stick to an incredibly rigid meal plan or diet plan you know i my i'll bring my brother back up for instance when he was doing this doctor recommended quote unquote keto thing that was really just a starvation diet you know it it happened to fall over my birthday we went out for steaks for my birthday and he just sat there and watched and it was a bummer you know i'm sure it was a bummer for him too that's a tough way to live the rest of your life and that's what when people look at diets they're looking a lot of times they're looking for a quick fix and whatever but when you do that you just put the weight back right back on you 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 know relapse or whatever you want to call it you're not going to stick to that plan for the rest of your life most of the time when you hop on one of these fad diets so one thing that i found that is a sustainable way to make healthier food choices and to either lose weight or, or recomp your body is something that's commonly called if it fits your macros so let me explain what macros are if you're not aware macros are macronutrients and simply put they're the amount of carbs fat and protein you should have in a day and if you track those three things you should end up and in those numbers are right the numbers you're trying to hit you'll end up pretty close on the calories you want to hit and you'll have a pretty good mix of of again carbs proteins and fats to keep you full to make sure you're not putting weight on and let me address the calories elephant in the room real quick at the end of the day it more or less is it is a matter of calories in versus calories out and people don't like to people don't like to say that people don't like to tell people that because counting calories is this big bad demon that nobody wants to do and i get it it's not fun counting calories is the worst but at the end of the day it's a math equation right how many calories are you burning are you expending per day whether it's just by existing or you're going to the gym you're burning more calories what's the expenditure versus the intake and that gets a little more complicated with exercise because things like uh heavy weight training burns calories for long after you stop working out uh there's some studies that suggest that a weight training session will burn calories up to 48 hours after you leave the gym right so it's not just like okay i was working out for 60 minutes and my heart rate was elevated to 80 percent for that 60 minutes and so i burned x number of calories well that's true but your body because of the wear and tear that you're putting on the that you're putting on the uh sorry my computer wants me to restart right now we're not going to do that um so we're going to snooze it there <laughs> sorry about that got a little distracted but um calories in versus calories out right so when you're uh lifting it's hard to calculate the number of calories that are being uh burned after your weightlifting session right it's called it's epoch i am trying to remember it's uh exercise post oxygen consumption i believe is the acronym basically it's the amount of oxygen and therefore calories your body is consuming because or after the workout as a result of your workout right so 
for steady state cardio, for instance, you're really not burning much after your workout's over for a heavy weightlifting session or for sprints or something like that, something more intense, more taxing on your body. You Again, you can burn calories for up to 48 hours after your workout's over. So those things are difficult to calculate. And there is a cert, there are some tricks, right? Where, you know, for instance, protein does not as readily store as fat as carbs do because there's an extra process in there before it breaks down into sugar, which then eventually gets stored and ends up being fat because you break down from the protein to the amino acids, then to the sugar. Usually by that point, you've used the protein up. You've used the protein that you need and it doesn't end up getting stored as fat. Most, a lot of that is partially because people don't get enough protein, but I'll get to that in a second. There are tricks like, like I said, protein doesn't typically get stored as fat as readily. Um, your nutrient timing also has a big factor. Uh, I say a big factor. It has a factor in what's getting stored as fat versus what's getting used. For instance, if you consume your most of your carbs for the day, either directly before or directly after a workout, then those are also less readily stored as fat because they work for on the front end powering your workout, giving you energy for your workout, and on the back end, recovering from your workout. So you've got these carbs on either side of your workout that again are not gonna be as readily stored as fat. But what's important here is people try and take those tricks and make their entire diet about that, their entire nutrition plan about that, when in reality, those are only effective when you're down already to a very lean body weight and are trying to really zero in on getting your body fat down for like a bodybuilding show or for athletic competition or something like that. And you're still trying to maintain optimum performance while still being incredibly lean. Now that's not most people. So while those are little tricks that count and they're true, they're not going to have the giant effect that most people believe they will so that they can eat like crap or eat, you know, 6,000 calories worth of meat and fat and think that they're not going to gain any weight. That's just not true. Now, like I said, if you're very, very lean and you're using some of those tricks to get a little bit leaner while still powering and performing through your workouts, we can have that discussion another day. But for most people, average Joe, like you and me, even though we're meatheads, I'm not getting on a bodybuilding stage anytime soon, even though I do go powerlift sometimes and I get a little bit more, I get a little bit more strict about nutrient timing and stuff like that when I'm preparing for a powerlifting meet. For the most part, in your daily life, you're really just trying to make sure if you're trying to lose weight that you expend more calories than you take in. And that's the bottom line. And that's why if it fits your macros is kind of a nice, uh, it's a nice way to not only consider the amount of food you're eating, because like I said, that does matter. The calories matter, but it also helps make sure you're getting enough protein, for instance, because most people get a shockingly small amount of protein in their diet. For instance, if you work out And if you're listening to Meathead Monday, I feel like there's a decent chance that you work out. If you work out fairly regularly and at a fairly, I guess, strenuous level, your protein intake should be almost, uh, for a guy at least, should be almost one gram of protein per pound of body weight. So for me, at 
245 pounds, that means 245 grams of protein. Now, I'll be honest, I usually don't get that many, but that range, to be fair, the range is usually about 0.8 to 1 gram of protein per pound of body weight. So I usually, at my body weight, since it's quite a bit higher, usually lean towards the 0.8, and I shoot for about 200 grams of protein per day. And here's the thing. If you're working out, you need that to help your body recover. But also, here's the nice thing. Protein usually keeps you full longer because it takes longer to digest. Proteins and fats usually keep you full longer than carbs do, especially simple carbs, uh, processed sugars, that type of thing. So while you can't just say, hey, I'm going to cut processed sugars out of my diet and think that's a long-term sustainable goal, if you're eating, for the most part, more carbs and, or excuse me, if you're eating more protein, then you're going to be less hungry and you're going to be less likely to splurge on some of those sugary carb treats, right? So some of these things work hand in hand, but it's more important to say, hey, I'm going to try and get to 200 grams of protein every day. And for some people, that's enough. If you're a 220, 200 pound guy and you try and get to 200 uh, grams of protein every day or 220 grams of protein every day, and that's your goal and you make sure you do that, most of the time you won't be hungry enough to ruin your diet in the in the other two categories, in fat and carbs, right? But I don't recommend that unless you've already got pretty good control over your eating habits. Uh, what I recommend is doing your, uh, doing your macros and figuring out how many carbs, how many protein, how many grams of fat I should be eating every day. And if you hit those numbers every day and they're set at the right amount, you'll either, depending on what you set them for, whether you send them for performance or for weight loss, you'll see the changes you want to in your body or in your performance. And so that, in in my opinion, is the, is the way to go for most people. It's a very simple and very sustainable method to have some healthier eating habits and have an idea of what you're putting into your body. That's half the battle, right? It's just paying attention to what goes into your body. Most people will just kind of eat absentmindedly. They get bored at their desk. I do it. How do you think I ended up having seven hot dogs and a bag of sunflower seeds today for my food? I mean, that's not good for you. It's just kind of what happened because I didn't pack my lunch right and I just kind of absentmindedly ate what I ate. I threw a, I threw a package of hot dogs in the lunch bag, heated them up in the microwave at work, and we are where we are, okay? That's not a, that's not a diet I would recommend to anyone, but it's what I ate today. And that's going to happen sometimes, and that's okay. And that's the next thing that I want to remind you is, and that's one of the, the, one of the next principles I want to remind you of, is one day of failure doesn't make you or the plan a failure. Like I said before, most people believe that if you can keep your plan on track about 80% of the time, you're good to go. And that's a, I, I believe that's true, you know, and even if it's not true, even if you need to be on track 90% of the time, you don't have to be perfect in order to be healthier, to lose weight, to re recomposition your body, to perform better. You don't have to be perfect. All right. I'm assuming there's no 
Olympians or NBA athletes or NFL players listening to my podcast right now that need more dialed in advice than that. If you can stay on track most of the time, you're going to be okay. That means if you have a really bad day at work and you go home and you binge on something you shouldn't, okay, chalk that day up as a loss and move on to the next one. It's not the end of the world. I promise you. Here's the thing. You may step on the scale the next morning and it looks like you put on five pounds. I promise you didn't put on five pounds of fat overnight. That's water retention from most likely the salty sodium filled snack or splurge that you went on. And that's okay. Drink some water, flush it out. It'll be all right. And you're not going to, you're not going to fail because you messed up one day or at one meal or even one week. Just jump right back on the train and you'll be okay. It's not the end of the world. You can still do it. Listen, I know people that have fallen off the <laughs> they've fallen off the wagon for weeks, months, years at a time. It's never too late to start and to start again or to restart whatever you need to do. I mean, I'm gonna bring my brother up for again, for instance, and, and I'll bring my mom up too. My brother. He's been trying to lose weight for a while. He went, was on this crazy plan that some medical professionals gave him that was not healthy. He came to me. I helped him out. He's doing way better. He's lost almost 20 pounds and he's doing it in a way that's very sustainable for him. You know, he's got three kids. He has a lot of business lunches and dinners because of the kind of work that he's in. He's not somebody that can carry around the Tupperware of of a dry chicken breast and broccoli and that be a sustainable way for him to live his life. It's not going to work for him. So we did, we found something that does work for him and he's lost almost 20 pounds and that's awesome. My mom, for instance, she's been going to different, you know, Weight Watchers, Diet Center, all these different things. She did Atkins for a while and she'll lose the weight, but none of it's sustainable and it comes right back on, but she keeps trying and that's the important part. Okay. It's not about whether you put the weight back on. It's not about whether you failed at this one diet plan or this other diet plan or whatever. Just keep trying and you'll be okay. All right. Now, you're probably wondering how do you calculate the number of macros or calories that you're supposed to be on. And, and I'll, I'll be honest, it does get a little bit trickier there. You do probably need to get some help from someone with that. Now, you can try and find a nutritionist, which will cost money, and that's fine. Uh, if that's, you know, you should take your health seriously. You should take your diet and nutrition seriously. And if you want to do that and you have the money to do that, you should go try and find a nutritionist. Uh, if you don't have those resources, you can always uh, hit me up. And like I said, I'm telling you right now, I am not a nutritionist. I can't give you a meal plan, but I can help lead you in the right direction to get an idea of where you should start. Okay, so you can hit me up, Heavy Lifting with Ravi Lula on Facebook, on Twitter, at R-A Lula. You can hit me up through the website, ravilularadio.com. And I mentioned Instagram earlier. Uh, you can find me on Instagram as well. Give me just a second here. I have to look up what my handle is because I don't give it out to people very often. Um, not that I'm hiding. It's just not something people ask for. Uh, my 
my Instagram is at RA Lula. It's very meat heady, a lot of lifting stuff on there. Um, so if you're a, if you're an enjoyer of meathead Monday, you might enjoy my, my Instagram as well. Uh, but hit me up on one of those. I'll point you in the right direction. I'll help you out as best I can. Like I said, I can't give you a meal plan. I'm not a certified nutritionist, and that's actually illegal um, for me to give you a meal plan. Uh, well, if you if I charge you for it, and there are a lot of work to do, so I would have to if I was if I'm being honest. So uh, I can help point you in the right direction. I can give you some ideas on where to start, and I'm happy to do that. But if you need help, just start somewhere. Reach out, ask for some help. I would suggest something sustainable, like if it fits your macros, um, but that's just me. If you have something you think will work for you, or you want some advice or anything else, please just hit me up. I'm happy to help however I can. Uh, that being said, that's all I have for you today on nutrition and diet. Um, I really appreciate you listening. Again, uh, if you can subscribe, rate, and review Heavy Lifting with Ravi Lula on any of your podcast platforms of choice, that would be awesome. And if you have any questions, comments, concerns, hit me up on one of those ways. Heavy Lifting with Ravi Lula on Facebook, at R.A. Lula on Twitter, at R.A. Lula on Instagram, or RaviLulaRadio.com. And I will get back to you as soon as I possibly can. And we'll help, we'll help you get started. And... Soon, very soon, we'll have a performance-based diet, Meathead Monday as well. I'll probably bring my guy Jake in for that. But speaking of Jake, he will be on uh, this week's uh, Heavy Lifting Podcast where we do a huge NBA preview. We're going to drop that on Thursday for you, so you have a couple extra days before the weekend to listen to that. Uh, the NBA season kicks off tomorrow, and I'm very excited about it. But look to the look towards the podcast on Thursday for our NBA previews and thoughts, and uh, you'll really enjoy that. I think we had a great conversation about all things NBA. Also, make sure you catch me on. I'm going to be on 1620 The Zone uh, from six to eight on Tuesday for their biggest fan contest. I'll be hosting that. And then you can also catch me on 1620 The Zone from 6 to 7 on Wednesday for the Creighton Athletic Hour. And uh, I hope you enjoy all the places that you hear me. And uh, we will talk to you soon.